hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on it so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com drink. That's rosettastone.com drink. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc.com slash drink. Happy friend anniversary! Happy friend anniversary! What a day. You want to tell them about it? Yeah, so, okay. So... First things first, I wake up to my phone ringing, and it's M, and I'm like, oh, hello. And M goes, happy friend anniversary to you, and sang me up. And by the way, it didn't stop. I listened to the whole song. The whole um, song, and many more. And then was like, okay, gotta go by. And I was like, oh, okay, goodbye. And that, was all I, that was all you needed. That was all I needed. I wanted you to, you know, I wanted you to want a little more. Yes, and and that I did. And then um, M and Eva came over, and M took us on a special adventure, an hour up north. Sorry. No, I, I wasn't just, aware of the distance until even last that. minute. It was literally just that I was like, I don't know where the hell we're going. Um, and then we show up and lo and behold, it's a place called Fun Box. Is that right? Yep. Fun Box. And it's basically like Instagram heaven. Yeah. It's like a whole. It's like a fun park for Instagram. It's it, like every little spot is just like a, a perfect picture snap worthy. Right. Like everything. Like yeah. there, were, there were different. I don't even know how you like it. was like a maze of like, like different installments backdrop. where you could. Yeah, installments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I tried. Interactive installments where you can like sit on things and like pose with things and just all perfectly situated for like the perfect Instagram po- photo. Yes. And we uh, also ran into someone who <laughs> knew us because someone who worked at Funbox recognized us. And apparently she was like, the second you guys walked in, I 
I knew who you were. And so when we came in, she, I guess, said her name like, was Pam, by the way, Hi, her name Pam. was Pam. And we asked if she would take a group picture of us before we knew that she had recognized us. And as we're giving her the phone, apparently under her breath, she went, oh, and by the way, I love your show. And all of us at the same time heard, oh, by the way, I love your socks. So Christine steps in and goes, thanks. I think they're great for Halloween. And she was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Just like not. That's not what I said. But she took it in stride. She did. And ended up taking a lot of pictures of us and giving us some good <laughs> tips. And we just kept being like, Pam. <laughs> Pam, come help, over here. <laughs> help me. Help me. It was great. It was a good time. Um, and it was super fun. They have at the end like a giant pit, like a ball pit, but with like it looks like cereal? you're in Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops with like a giant spoon. And so we got all sorts of photos like I spooned a spoon. You spooned a spoon. Uh, Eva got buried in Fruit Loops and then like popped out. It was super fun. And uh, then we all three of us went to lunch together. Had yeah, a little powwow. A little bonding sesh. And then we came back. We drove home and then and then I was like, oh, Okay, so we were in the car, and I gets a weird call, and it's like, this might be spam. And there's a voicemail, and they're like, we have your weed cupcakes. And I'm like, did you order weed cupcakes? And I was like, no. I really um, didn't, no, by the way. No, <laughs> no, by the way, that was not the story. But we were like, what are weed cupcakes? And so we're like, whatever, it must be a scam. And then we get home, and I'm like, what is this purple tissue paper in my doorway? And there's a freaking, like, edible Halloween edible arrangement, like, with chocolate. It was called the pumpkin patch package. Like, on the doorstep. Which, by the way, is synonymous with the fact that since it's our friend anniversary, we met and became friends finally uh, yes, at a pumpkin at patch. At a Harvest Fair pumpkin patch. And I was like, oh my God. And I got really emotional because I've never received like an edible arrangement before. And it's like so cool to me to receive one. So I got very excited. It also had um, pineapple yes. in it that spelled out boo. Like a bee pineapple. It's yeah. so cute. Anyway, so that was super nice and fun and awesome. And then we did our little, um, our October mail video. Got a lot of fun gifties, gifteroonies and um eva was dressed as a cat all day by the way yeah she texted me yesterday by the way and asked like in advance do you mind if i dress up as a cat and i was like a thousand was like, percent do i mind i was like i would mind if you didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's really the only rule we thank have you now. for your contribution today eva um i should have dressed as my cat version my like much less of a cat version <laughs> would be you mean fun. the cat outfit you've been wearing for the last two episodes the pajamas you should have yes. made it the triple triple threat triple threat pajamas but i didn't know where we were going so i was like hmm, let's hold on though yeah i didn't really know where we were going either because apparently it's in a mall and so i kept telling christine i was like i don't really know what's going on but we're going to a mall i was like it's through the dick's sporting goods i was like mm. happy for anniversary i'm taking you to dick's what a mystery <laughs> buy me a new fly fishing rod yes anyway okay so we made it through it's been an awesome day and an awesome halloween week we're still by the way recording this super in advance because we're traveling for our live shows but we wanted to bang them out before we left bang them out bang them on bang them out <laughs> Bang them all over the place. Keep on banging. <laughs> Keep on banging. That's what I always say. <laughs> uh, oh, God. I'm stuck on this cobweb. I am, too. Oh, God. <laughs> We're never leaving. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, I'm so happy, and it's been such a perfect day. Thank you for making it so special. You're welcome. And thank you for being my friend for two whole years. Two whole years. Wow. We've come a long way. We have. Or have we? I don't know. Well, that means we're then, doing the same fucking thing we did two years ago. So. I guess so. But that also means in five months will be our two year with the podcast. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Right. Our two year anniversary. February. February 9th. 11th. 11th. I believe. Somewhere in there. Mid-Feb. I was going to say 14th. And in like, Aquarius. No, that's Cupid's birthday. Is our podcast in Aquarius? Yes. Wow. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Good to know about that. Makes sense, though. It does make sense. For two Geminis to form an Aquarius podcast. I mean, no wonder we vibe so well. Yes. With, with the, the podcast. podcast. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, it's just very. Con- she gets us. We get her free a little bit every yeah. now and then. We have a little spat, but I mean, she can be a real bitch, but it's fine. It's okay. It's okay. In the best, we mean that people with love. love her, but yeah. it's okay. We make She's it like super easy going. She's always there for you at the end of the day, right? Anyway, anyway, maybe on our anniversary we'll do a horoscope of the podcast. Oh, fun! An Aquarius horoscope for our podcast. I'm down. I'm so fucking down. Okay, good, great, on board. All right. So, um, why do you drink? Or I guess just for the friend anniversary in general? Uh, yeah, and also we forgot to mention that the last episode came out the day before Gio's birthday. So now I feel kind of bad I didn't oh. mention it. But happy belated birthday to my baby boy who just turned three Giovanni. last week. Giovanni. Well, on, as when when they're listening to this on November fifth. November fifth. Right. Exactly. Last oh. week, and he is a good boy, and he's not really, but he's my good boy, and he's he such a good boy. Turned three, and he only ate three socks today. So he's so happy and so what good. a sweet bear. Oh, I love him so, so happy much. birthday, Gio. We love you very much. I love you so much. Funko Lim loves you. Okay, let's. I, should, I miss, we, should we honor this episode for Gio? Yeah, then? happy birthday, Gio. Like, fuck our friend anniversary. Like he doesn't know. Well, it's both. It's a special okay. day. It's a double special day. Okay. Gio had a fun day, too, because you were here and we got all sorts of treats and everyone was shouting, and I think he just thrived off it. Gio, actually, now that he's three and a, a man yes. instead of a boy puppy. Right, he's 21. He can drink now. Well, he also apparently now knows how to howl as of today. Yes, he learned how to howl. He hit puberty. Today, he made a sound that none of us have heard come out of him. And we were like, are you okay? Wild. We were like, what's going on in there? He was really excited about something. The, everything. He was trying to tell us. We also received four pairs of socks in the mail today. So he really hit the jackpot. He, yeah. he, knew, he knew what today was. He knew what was going on. All right. Well, I guess I guess that's that on that then. That's We're really right on that, baby. Blazing right through. Blazing. Blazing. Trail blazing. Okay. Okay. So I'm just forcing you to delete whatever we just said yep. because I'm pointing out something that I keep mentioning to say or meaning to say. So thank you for bringing it up. But there is an announcement that I have my official hashtag for my honeymoon. Because it never fucking ends over here, guys. I my life is a hashtag Because I'm the wife. I'm the wife and I need a hashtag because that is... I refuse to apologize for that. So the wedding was Christine gets blazed and right. the honeymoon is Christine gets belized. I cannot handle it. Come this. on. Okay. To be fair, Marilyn came up with it, but I stole it and I love it. I mean, it's very clever. It's very clever because and I, I really want to hate it. And I will say as much as I was just like bullshitting, like I need a hashtag, like truly I did not need a hashtag. But then she said that and I was like, I mean, it's so clever. Got You're it. like, okay, now I need a hashtag. I, I guess I have one, whether I like it or not. Meanwhile, on the other side of the world, I will be uh, at Christine's house (laughs) enjoying my VIP tickets to the last Snuggle Fest of 2018. Oh, right. And I'm extra for having a hashtag. The last hoorah. So (laughs) my hashtag will be Geo Get Spooned. Geo Get Spooned 2018. Yay! Precious, precious, precious. All right. And since you're not going to be home for a whole week, we're going to eat so many bad foods. the honeymoon is literally this week that this comes out right no yeah, so you'll be on a honeymoon and i'll be on my puppy moon oh my god it's gonna be precious i don't know math maybe it's wrong but oh well at some point you'll see it on instagram Either way, sure, i guys. wanted to talk about it so thank you em for reminding me <sighs> all okay. right let's do the the death thing the death thing you oh know. we went from like that's what my parents call this podcast remember <laughs> when my mom called it the ghost story and murder situation show and i was like yeah wow i, I remember <laughs> when my mom called it a tv show and she's yeah. like i can't see it <laughs> Remember both of our moms saying to us, we can't get the video to play. And we were like, oh, dear. My mom still calls it a blog half the time. Oh, so. yeah. Someone called it a video blog. And I was like, you're adding a lot of adjectives to something that you don't really know. Right, I love right, it. right. Murder and ghost situation show. Oh, also, I did want to I saved this for you. But um, and it took a lot in me to not say this out loud when we were all talking about dreams earlier. But I've had multiple dreams recently where you call yourself the broad of broadcast. <laughs> ah! 
Okay, I've added another hashtag to my life. <laughs> so I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, I didn't dream that Your multiple times. Your is so clever. Listen, I know where it comes from, and it's all the way into the folds of my brain. But I'm thinking, like, we should use it. If I'm, think, if I'm dreaming it multiple times, there's no reason for it to uh, not be on a shirt. The universe is like, hello, bring this to like, knock, fruition. Knock, 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 wake up, broad of broadcast. Hello, fresh, you broads. There it is. I'm into it. Broad of broad. Holy crap. You're welcome. I'm going to say this at the end. Are you ready? <laughs> Be quiet, Em. This is my sorry, moment. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm going to say this at the end. Hold on. I have to think about it first. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to say... <laughs> I'm going to say, signing off, you're broad of broadcast. Stay spooky. No, that's Jim Harrell's thing. <laughs> I wish everyone just saw the finger guns that got pointed at me, because that was <laughs> disgusting. Okay, hold on. I got a peace sign. Oh, I got it. <laughs> I got a finger gun, and I got a click of the gun. I got it, though. I got it for real this time. Mm -hmm. This is very serious. Right. Signing off. The Broad of Broadcast. Stay thirsty, friends. There it is. (laughs) It's so good. Well, you're welcome. Signing off. Like XOXO, Uh gossip girl, but signing off. You know. (laughs) Oh, no, I hear it. XOXO, Broad of Broadcast. It's. Wow. Did you really come up with that in a dream? Yeah. Amazing. Multiple dreams. Amazing. Because I think I it probably stemmed from I'm the bride. And I've just been here, I'm the bride of broadcast. I thought you were going to say the I'm the bride thing again. And I was like, yeah, we've moved on, unfortunately. No, we've moved on to a whole other... We've moved up. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've moved up. I forgot it was a promotion of sorts. It is. In In the the ranks. In your subconscious, apparently. Well, in my hell, also. (laughs) Also, thank you for that. In your nightmares. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so now that we've... Just spiral down that wormhole. Um, I'm glad that you like just knew. I knew what you needed, and I felt bad because I didn't give you a full three presents between the you fun were box holding back and... and the edible arrangements. So here's your third present, your new name. Yeah, 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 yeah. The broad broadcast. Woohoo! We're both excuse uh, me, a little, little gas. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Robert Dursty of us. It's that. Uh, it's that edible arrangement. Yeah, Emma was like, yeah, I keep having this like burp feeling, and Eva's like, oh yeah, Robert Durst does that, and we we're like, oh good. That's what we've become. Good to know. All right. So, um, <laughs> moving on, I suppose. Stay dirty. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm done. Oh my God. No, it's so bad. No, Don't that was talk about it. impressive. That one took, I got a took thumbs me up, back. But I, think, I think it's a pity thumbs up for me. <laughs> oh, maybe Eva's like, I, no, I'm, I was just like, woohoo. It came out of my mouth before I could stop it. That's usually how genius happens. <laughs> That's the broader broadcast for you. <laughs> you know me. And we became the broad and the Mr. Broad. I don't know what what would I be? <laughs> the broad. Maybe I'm the. Oh, hmm. the broad. The Lord. Nope. The Lord of broadcast. Wow. Can you imagine? That's just the <laughs> douchiest thing I've ever heard. You just need a pocket square and then you'll be good. Perfect. Okay. Anyway, you've been the broad of broadcast in my heart for two years now. Well, that is right the down to the day. Most so precious thing I ever heard. All right. I'm honored. Well, then I guess this is for you and Geo and our friend anniversary. Wow. What a day. Do you pride yourself on finding the best deals and savings? Yes, it's me. I'm raising my hand. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop. Get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every single category, including fashion, beauty, home essentials, travel, dining, and so much more. Shop brands like Macy's, Adidas, YSL Beauty, Samsung Petco, just to name a few. 
Plus, membership is free and it's easy to sign up. Cashback rates change daily. Here's how it works. Stores pay Rakuten a commission for sending them shoppers, and then Rakuten shares a commission with its members via check or PayPal quarterly. And you better believe how exciting it is when your PayPal alerts you that you've gotten money. It's no wonder Rakuten has 17 million members who are already saving. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.com. Or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cashback really adds up. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. All right. Here it goes. Let's go. This is the story of Rose Hall in Jamaica. Ooh, in Jamaica or and in Jamaica. Oh, I was like, and the story of Jamaica. Okay. This is the story of Jamaica. And <laughs> while in. I have time, I'm going to sprinkle in the story of Rose Hall. <laughs> okay. So in Jamaica, in Montego Bay, Ooh. there is a house Ooh, called the Rose Hall. Oh, no. Take it away. Bahamas, come on, pretty Montego. Largo. Montego. You nailed you it. Go. I just want to get to that Oh one. no. Down in Kokomo. <laughs> we'll get there fast and then we'll take it slow. Poor Eva probably had dinner plans and we're like, nope, you're staying here for eight hours. Oh, we're laughing and Eva's like internally screaming. I think I just ate so much candy. Like I'm not even drunk. I should be because I think maybe that'll tamper me down a little bit, but. I kind of want you to get a real, real wild today though. On our friend anniversary. Listen, today when we went to lunch, uh, okay fair okay i take it back <laughs> today when we went to lunch christine was like i'll just have a water and i was like christine it's our friend anniversary and i'm driving and she was like i'll have a blue moon and then the large please yeah she they were like 16 or 22 and at first she was like 16 and then i was like christine it's friend anniversary and she's like okay 22 twist my arm why don't you and 22 is my lucky number so <gasps> i didn't even think about i was that. very excited for You're you to right. get the 22 and eva got the 22 as well yeah because peer pressure we stared at her until she finally caved right i had iced tea anyway so the rose hall it is an 18th century plantation manor house in Montego Bay. Um, it was the home of Jamaica's most famous ghost, is the home of Jamaica's most famous ghost, the White Witch of Rose Hall. Oh, that sounds spooky. And locals call it the Great House. It was also nicknamed the Calendar House because, why you ask, it originally had 365 windows, 52 doors, <gasps> and 12 bedrooms. I thought you meant like Marie Calendar of like pies. Pie fame. No, that's my house. Oh. <laughs> that's my freezer. <laughs> that's House of Pies, actually. Um, um, wow, that's very weird. Did they do that on purpose? Do you don't know? Don't know. Okay, that's like, I mean, they must have because that's very specific. Another fun number. Also had over 2,000 slaves. <gasps> Yikes. No, it's going to be one you. of those stories. No, thank you. Um, Fun facts before we get into the not so fun facts. It has been featured on the 19th season finale of America's Next Top Model. Really? I'm down with. I thought you were going to say American Horror Story and we went a totally different way. Oh, that's I like to keep you on your toes. Sure. Also, it has been featured on Ghost Hunters International and Scariest Places on Earth, which <gasps> I have not watched Scariest Places on Earth in a long time, but I, I used to watch oh, it. Yeah. 
I used to watch it and it used to freak me the okay, fuck out because of that creepy ass voice. It is the sped up like creepy like it's like it's, a, it's an old you. ass like slow it's molasses like southern sound but high pitch. No, that's okay. That show used to scare me so badly and it was just that fucking voice. Yes, because it'd be like exactly if you look to your left, <laughs> yes. like she will appear at your bed. And I'm well, like, she would also fuck. like the like the writers clearly like just picked like the creepiest words for that voice yep. to say too. But so here's the thing. I watched Scariest oh, Places on Earth no. last night, and I watched it at 3 a.m. Oh, witching hour. So I really just wanted to die. So I went to, um, I went on YouTube and found Scariest Places on Earth, and I remember looking at it, and I was like, how do I remember this? Like, why does this show sound familiar and I don't watch it? And then the voice came oh. back, and like like flashbacks of my childhood and like me just like rocking in a corner it truly I, used it's to just scare the creepiest the shit fucking me. sound and like now i'm like in my mid-20s and i'm still terrified of this the, voice I, I have chills just thinking about the fucking uh, voice do you know what we're talking about okay okay it's so absurd because like I'm, all those other shows are like oh interesting and like kind of cheesy and like bagel bitesy of like oh you know the oh a jump a scare this one I'm, for whatever fucking it. reason and you'd watch it in the dark, and I'd always watch it home alone, and no thank you. In my mom's haunted-ass house. Here, I'm playing a part of it just for Eva. Okay, we just played a clip for Eva, and she's like, no, no, I don't like that. Um, <laughs> which I don't either. But I think what I'm also realizing why it was so creepy is that it would always read, like, historical shit, like, just, like, terrible things about why this place is haunted. Like, 45 people were hanged in the gallery. Right. And you're like, oh, this is upsetting information read by a voice that sounds like a doll just grew a voice box. It sounds, yeah, it sounds, it sounds like a like, doll and a demon and an alien. Like, developed had a, a baby. Larynx. Yeah, exactly. Actually, like, the baby was just a voice box, and it was just all of them combined. It was just super, it's like... like, you get a spirit box and, like, a fucking doll is talking to you. Like, that's what yeah, it sounds Yeah, like. it just sounds eerie. Super eerie. It's, like, not not a human voice. It's uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable about uncomfortable topics anyway so okay. super distressing so, so good for you to do the research on that because that is rough i had to watch 45 minutes of that <laughs> nope i was like over it so anyway long I'm story glad short that we were both traumatized by that because i don't think i've ever i used to try to describe that to people and they were like i don't know what it was so about. creepy creepy it's like it had the it has the voice that i imagine if spirits if bad spirits could talk to me that would be the voice that like came out of that in your ear or some yeah shit. just yeah. like ooh. like demonic so anyway, it's been featured on TV. Just, Everyone who's never watched this is like, literally what? Everyone's but, YouTubing it frantically yeah, true. right now. Go YouTube it. Um, so Rose Hall is one of the 15 buildings remaining out of over 700. Oh, no. That were once homes of Jamaica's wealthy plantation owners. Great. So there's over 700. There was there's only 15 left, and it's one of them. The rest of the 700 plus houses were burned to the ground by slaves during the Great Jamaican Slave Revolt of 1831. So just fun fact about that. Fun indeed. Fun. That I is mean, one way to put it. That is just the most fun I've ever had. <laughs> so in 1746, and some of this history, like I kind of didn't understand why it mattered and if I should keep it in, but at the end it will make more sense if I just throw it in here. Okay. There's a lot of history, and I I kind of wanted to not put this in, but it just helps later. So in 1746, there was a man named Hen Henry who was engaged to Rosa Kelly, and she was the daughter of Irish immigrants living in Jamaica, and he bought land for them, and they got married, but Henry died a few months later. So uh, Rosa ended up marrying another man, George Ash, and he built a mansion for Rosa and named it Rose Hall, and a lot of people say, oh, they obviously George named the mansion that he built after his wife Rosa. But other people say that he could have named it after the Rose family that he was, like, business partners with. 
Oh, yeah, because so, Rose, yeah, there's a different name, I guess. Yeah, it wasn't, it's not Rosa Hill, you right. know? Or Hall. Or Hall. Yeah, yeah Rosa yeah, yeah. Hall. Thank you for knowing my story about it. It's also not Rosa Hill. I mean, you're right. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I just wanted to test you. <laughs> Got an A. <laughs> Unlike my listening comprehension. Right. So uh, George ended up dying right after the construction was completed. A year later, Rosa married another man named Norwood. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I let that wait for a second. Um, uh-huh. It was an unhappy marriage, and he spent all of her money and then died. Oh, so okay. Norwood wasn't the greatest guy. Norwood's kind of an asshole with the lame name. I know. Then Rosa married John Palmer, and they were happily married until both of them died seven years later. Or one of them died, and then seven years later, the other one died. But okay. they... Okay. They were happily married. Both Rosa, too. Rosa died in 1790, and then John Palmer died seven years later. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Um, before John died, he actually had a statue commissioned of Rosa after her death. Damn. So, like, they were, like, really, like, in love. And also, she just, like, people were making shit for her left and right. Yeah, I would not make a statue for you after you died, because, like, you would be the one who would appreciate the most right. you're not even here. You would want to, like, Snapchat my reaction. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. Yeah, you get it. I get it. Um, So... John and Rosa had no children together, and when both of them died, the Rose Hall ended up going to John's sons, but neither of them lived near the house, and they didn't have children to pass it on to, so they didn't want it, and the house got passed on to Palmer's um, grand-nephew. Okay. So, weirdly, it was John Palmer married Rosa, Mm -hmm. and his grand-nephew's name was John Rose Palmer. Oh, okay. Very weird. So... John Rose Palmer now has the estate in 1818. Cool. So John Rose Palmer moved to Jamaica and took charge of Rose Hall, and he married Annie Patterson. Um, And Annie married him, so she became Annie Palmer, a.k.a. the White Witch. Uh Uh-oh. There she is. There she is. We were wondering where she'd show up, and we found her. There she is. So Annie was the daughter of an English mother and an Irish father, and when she was 10, they moved to Haiti. And Annie learned voodoo from her Haitian nanny. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's where it's going to start. Her parents very quickly died of yellow fever right when they got right when they moved to Haiti. Oh no! And Annie was left to be raised by the nanny, so she learned more and more voodoo and became a voodoo priestess, which is like really quite a ranking, apparently. That sounds like it. Um, at eighteen, the nanny died, and Annie moved to Jamaica, and that's where she found John Palmer okay. and married him and moved into the Rose Hall. Got it. She apparently just wanted him for his money, and uh, after the wedding, she started sleeping with her slaves. Oh, my. I have a hunch they did not want to sleep with her back, by the way, just so we all know. Okay, to I be clear. I don't think it was like, he, whatever the male version of a mistress is, I don't think he willingly wanted to. I think he was a slave and had to. I see. I mean, yes, I imagine as a slave, you kind of had to do whatever. Right, but it, it wasn't like they were cheating like together. Like in love or something. Right, right, right. right. It Got wasn't it. an affair of, got it yeah. i mean you know the male version of mistress is master which does not equate when you're when it's a slave yeah right. it's, just, it's not like a good, just very awkward i mean it doesn't equate even in a right extramarital affair it's like but it's just the irony mistress of that sounds title. so much more like right 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 uh degrading than like master master right right anyway. right so um sorry i feel like i'm like gonna sneeze and i'm not you know my stepmom the one who threw the glass she always writes um when oh she would, you had more stepmoms than that well, I'm explaining to everyone else. Oh, got it. This is the one who threw the glass. She would, uh, whenever she addresses stuff to us, like at my mom's house, she would write Mistress Christine and Master Alexander. What the hell? I'm telling you, she's weird, dude. 
That's not like she's a like, German thing. That's just like, a normal. She's like, it's family. Tra- it's tradition. It's family Don't tradition. Don't worry about it. It's tradition. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, I'm going to start sending you mail with mistress. Or I guess now, what's what's the married mistress? Madam? I think maid. No. Like, okay. like you know, you're a no maid. Matron. Matron. Ooh, Maybe? you're a matron. I know. That's why I feel old. All right. I don't know, guys. Good to know. Um, it's tradition. Just don't worry about it. You wouldn't understand. Yeah. Yeah, she would. Or she would write, like, yeah, like, Master Alexander. She, I was like, what the fuck with that? He's like, Are eight. you sure it wasn't, like, Mistress Living Doll? <laughs> I posted a photo on Instagram, and everyone's like, oh, what a beautiful living doll. And I'm like, Ellen has Instagram. Don't write that. <laughs> so, uh... So she was sleeping with her slaves, and John caught her and beat her with a riding crop. Fuck. And basically beat her with a riding crop in front of everyone, including oh. the slaves. Oh, and no. so she felt embarrassed that she was getting, you know, beaten in front of her slaves. And so the next day, John happened to just be dead. <gasps> oh, my God. It is believed that Annie killed him by poisoning his coffee holy shit with john dead rose hall went immediately to annie and she continued sleeping with the slaves um but kind of did a black widow move where after she would sleep with them she would kill them (gasps) so that so nobody would talk there wouldn't be like a trail of like right you would just just a trail of dead people she would just honestly pick one oh and then sleep with them and people would just see the slave just go Wait, into the house horrific. and never come back like, out. If you get the pattern, and, and then she's like, okay, you're next. And you're like, yeah. uh-oh. Yeah. Holy shit, this is scary. Okay. So she just started sleeping with them and then killing them before word would get out. Right, 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 right. And she also just started killing them when she was bored, too. Oh, my God. Um, I knew we were going here, but I just wasn't ready for it. It's nowhere as bad at... What the hell was that? What? I feel like my voice just cracked. Oh. Am I going through puberty? Oh, my God. Renata's calling. It's like she knows. She's like, I hear something She's fucked like, up going on. talking about Ellen. Um, so, uh, buh, 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 buh. Oh, yeah. It's not as bad as the LaLaurie Mansion. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, to be fair, nothing in the entire world is as bad as I mean, the it's LaLaurie bad, Mansion. but it's not as bad. I, I feel it's like... It's also quicker. Just, it's like ripping off a mandate compared to that story. Okay, okay, okay. So, she continued to sleep with the slaves and then kill them. Or sometimes when she was bored, she would just kill them. Um, she would torture other slaves... She would set up booby traps around her. Uh, are you fucking kidding? Around the property in case they tried to escape. Slaves working in the kitchen were required to whistle so that she knew that they weren't eating any of the food. And if they were caught not whistling, she would cut off their heads. Heads? For potentially stealing food that was not theirs. It was very okay. much a one strike you're this out. This is sick. Yeah. This she, is sick. If they lied to her, she would cut out their tongues. She would spit on them for fun. And I imagine she decided when they lied. It wasn't like... Right. If they looked at her wrong, I'm right. sure. You're a liar. Um, she spit on them for fun. She had a cell that was almost 20 feet below the ground that she would just throw them into. Okay. No. And then they would... There was no medical attention or water or anything. Um, they would just die of heat and starvation. Yikes. So basically when she just decided you were done, she would literally just like throw you in like a human trash can. Okay. Um, okay. This is just the worst sentence, and we're just going to rip it off like a band-aid. Okay, great. One servant who happened to be a little girl. No. Fucking hell. Tried to poison her with... (gasps) Tried to poison her milk when she was forced to go feed her. Tried to poison the milk. And when the White Witch found out, she beheaded her. Oh, my God. 
and made the other servants take turns walking out to the water and back, carrying a basket on their head with the little girl's head in the basket. And that's the worst it gets. Oh, wait, there's one more bullet. <sighs> um, when the slaves would have babies. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. She would make them tie their babies to ants' nests. No. Oh, God. M. So the ants would bite them to death. So then Annie could collect their skulls for rituals. Okay, that's that. That's that's it. That's, that's the worst. That's the worst. That's, that's the worst. That's the worst thing you've said. That's all we. That's yeah, all. That's, that's literally that's that. the worst thing anyone has said ever. Okay. Besides the brainstorming from Lori. but this there's is, nothing worse than brainstorming. Nothing, nothing. But this is definitely up there. So, um, the slaves obviously took to calling her the White Witch of Rose Hall, and that's at, it. I would call her way worse <clears> than that. I'm sure it was the white bitch, but, yeah, yeah. you know, censor if it. they said that, they'd have to get their tongues cut out. Right. So, so Annie married two more times. I don't know who she found that was attracted to her twice. Well, but, it sounds um, like she just makes people do what she wants, so. Right. And also at this, at this time in the 1800s, having her own plantation of 2,000 plus slaves in a massive manner right. by herself. I mean, and also she just happened to inherit it. She has it, a draw. But she's like the one of the most influential women in Jamaica at right, this point. Right, 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 right. She's a big shot. So um, she married two more times. And both of those husbands happened to just mysteriously get murdered as well. Oh, and what a myster- mysterious indeed. Um, the first of the two husbands, so husband number two in the lineup, he was stabbed in the chest while he was sleeping multiple times. Stabbed multiple times. Mysterious. I mean, I guess it's not very mysterious, but... Some people claim that it didn't happen, but sure. it's like, okay, it okay, happened. Okay, cool. Wink, wink. Um, okay, so they he was stabbed in the chest multiple times while he was sleeping. And to make sure he was really dead, she poured boiling hot oil into his ears. Ugh, what? In his e- Why? Into- okay, you could pour that on his fucking foot and he'd probably wake up if he was not really dead. I guess to get into his brain. Oh, so she wanted to like... Like kill, 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 kill. Oh, okay. Him. I thought it was just to test if he would wake. I mean, up. that's what I think too. But I imagine there's like a there's like a second use, a second to element. It. Right, right. If he is gonna wake up, he won't wake up for much longer after I pour this into his brain. Okay, got it. Husband number two in this particular bullet, aka the actual third one in the lineup, because she was previously married, and then the stabbed guy, and then this guy. Sure. He was strangled with the help of one of her slaves that she was sleeping with. Oh no. Honestly, if that woman was like owned me and like could possibly kill me. I don't know what I would do to protect myself either. I'm sure you that could, I mean, there, what can you do? Someone tells you yeah, like, Oh, I'll kill you or your family if you don't do this. I mean, right. And also like if he figured out at all, the like other people she was sleeping with were getting killed and he probably was like, Oh, I'll do whatever you want. So you won't kill me. Right. 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 After sleeping with me. Right. Um, so his name was Taku. Mm hmm. And that was the slave that she was sleeping with that killed her husband. Okay. So Taku and her had quite a relationship. And eventually she ended up falling for a man named Robert Rutherford. But he was actually in love with Taku's granddaughter. Oh, my. So she's sleeping with one guy, but fell for another guy who's in love with the granddaughter of the guy she's actually sleeping with. This is the most dramatic. This is like Fredericksburg, Virginia. the most dramatic love triangle of all time. So, in another version of the story, it was actually Taku's son-in-law, and in other stories, it was his niece. But it was his relative somewhere. Oh, Somehow so, but there could have been, like, an LGBT twist. Is that what you're saying? Um, he could have fallen for the nephew, or the... I don't think that was the case. I, I thought you I, said I it mean, was a nephew. No, you're oh. right. I 
I don't, I think like, cause I didn't find actual like stories. I just heard in like either a video or another article, like there were different variations where like somehow a, it was a son, not a niece. I don't know if it was LGBT or maybe like, just hang on a second. Okay. It okay, might okay. make, it might make more sense to you. I see. Okay. So basically she wanted to get rid of the granddaughter so that Robert <laughs> wouldn't like the granddaughter so that she could be with <laughs> yeah, Robert. Yeah. He won't like her anymore cause she's dead. Right. Like, what the fuck? So to get rid of the granddaughter, Annie cost a uh, cost. Annie cast a voodoo spell on the granddaughter where a ghost would come visit her and cause her to wither and die. Good. That old trick. Yeah. The one I keep in my pocket all the time. Yes. So Taku found out about the curse in his granddaughter and the storyline kind of changes in like, oh, it might have been his niece or it might have been his son-in-law. So like he wanted retaliation because it was just a, a relative. So. Right. I don't know if Robert would have been interested in oh so in the son-in-law. The story might just have been that she cast a spell on someone related to this right. guy, as opposed to like because exactly. he it was the love interest. Somehow, someone Taku was related to was affected negatively by her. Okay, got it. Got and it. And different got it, got variations it, it. of the story, but the most common one is Robert, like the granddaughter of Taku. Okay, got it. Got it. Got it. So he found out that she killed his granddaughter slash nephew slash son-in-law and strangled her to death. Oh, so she died. She, she dies. Did die. Dead oh, and then Taku now. strangled her. The granddaughter did die, and when Taku found out <gasps> about it, he strangled wow. Annie. Um, so this this is where different variations, because this is... Um, well, but how this, do you even, if you're like, oh, I killed her with a ghost. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you could literally be like, I didn't do that. <laughs> well, he strangled her, and he wasn't dead. No, I mean, it, but if like, oh, you killed my granddaughter, but it's like, she could have been like, oh, oh right, right, right. A ghost, I didn't have anything to do with her mysteriously withering away. Fair, you know? I see. It's interesting. She probably took, I guess she probably took credit for it or was like, I did sure. that. Probably. Anyway. So her like curse worked is what we're saying somehow. Her curse worked and uh, the granddaughter died. We're almost and out then, of wine, by the way. Oh, we are out of wine. Yeah. Out of the bottle, at least. I'll get some after your story. Um, so... Yeah, so Taku then strangled Annie in retaliation. The story kind of varies here, but the most common one is that the slaves took the body and buried it in concrete and burned all of her possessions, including portraits of her, so that there was no image of her that her soul could come back as. Whoa, that is spooky. Um, Another version, which is actually the version that the Tor people say, is that the slaves refused to touch her and neighbors actually had to come over and put (gasps) her body in the grave. She was that cursed. She was that cursed, and they were that terrified yeah, of her. I don't fucking blame her. She sounds pretty fucking cursed to me. So the story that you would hear at, at the actual house on a tour is that oh, I see. the slaves did not touch her. Okay, got it. But the slaves did, once she was buried in a concrete tomb, they then did a ritual um, that would make sure that her spirit could not escape its grave, and apparently the ritual was performed incorrectly, <gasps> a.k.a. the haunting. Oh, no. <clears throat> also, during... Guess who I am? Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> the scariest place on earth thing. So during the slave rebellion um, that burnt down like multiple like hundreds and hundreds of the houses, right? That house was intentionally not burnt down, even by the slaves then, because they thought they were so afraid of the spirits that could be there, and they were afraid if they burnt it down, Annie's spirit would be released yeah. from the property. Yeah. So they intentionally left that one up. Holy shit! I wonder if they did that for the other fourteen. Because oh, there's 15 left. Right, right. They I wonder if the other... Go. <gasps> wow. So now you have 14 more stories to cover. Right. <laughs> so others tried moving in uh, to the house after after she died, but they always either died early mysteriously... Oh, God. ...or they moved away. 
so they just like didn't stay for long. Right. And the house ended up being abandoned for over 130 years. Damn. And it looked like trash by the time someone showed up and wanted <laughs> it. Trash. Trash. Period. That's what and we so, always say. In the 1960s, former Miss USA Michelle Rollins <laughs> bought the property and had it renovated. Sorry, I wasn't mentally prepared for that. <laughs> no, I, it it took was, my brain. I read it too in my notes and I was like, did I say that right? I felt like there was like, like I, I missed something. Definitely a lag. I had to like go back and, and catch what you were saying. You'd be like, oh, right now, Miss USA, got it. Right, let me hopscotch all the way back. Okay. So, former Miss USA Michelle Rollins in the 1960s bought the property after it being, you know, abandoned for 130 years. Right. And had it renovated, and it now currently is open for tours and events are held there, like big conferences and weddings oh. and all that. And Christine gets. No, gets we got rose hauled. There it is. <laughs> um, but Christine would want to visit this part in the house. Uh -huh. There is a bar now uh -huh. named Annie's Pub. Oh, that's cute. Wait, no, she's the evil one. Yeah, she's yeah, the evil no, one. Never mind. I, I like that reaction. It's not cute. I just think the name Annie is so precious, and then she fucking ruined it. Well, that at that bar they specialize in selling one specific drink called Witch's Brew, <laughs> which is uh, Jamaican rum and pineapple juice. I'll take it. Apparently, people who go on the tour get complimentary witches brew. Let's go. Nah. Um, in 18... <laughs> okay, that was us. <laughs> Sorry, water break. Elevator music. We haven't used that in ages. I even sent it to Evo in time to use, and then ever since then, we never used it I again. like elevator music. It's so fun. It's like... Maybe, like, next time I do a story, like, just to build suspense, I'll be like, and then elevator music... <laughs> Okay, the bar has rum. Which is... It has rum. Okay, got it. So in 1868, um, an editor actually published a book containing the legend of Rosa Palmer as the White Witch. And Rosa oh. Palmer is the woman the that... The first one. The very first woman who was, like, Irish and English, and she got married into the family, and she ended up... And she had that statue and everything. Yes, exactly. And she was the woman that was there when the building was constructed right but see okay so so what i'm getting to is in 1868 an editor published a booklet containing the legend of the white witch with rosa palmer originally as the witch got it in 1911 a book on the history of saint james the area that the house was in was published and retold the story <laughs> of the white witch with annie as the actual character not rosa so it's like palmer a clapback of like don't at me but like he just added him at like right now this was the right witch right right, okay, right. got it got it got it, got it. so the very first like writings of this <laughs> were had back then you had to wait like 20 years to like respond not even it was like 40 oh oh 40 oh, oh my God. okay um that's interesting though okay and then in 1929 there was a book called the white witch of rose hall and um basically these three authors wrote these books based on folklore okay so what i'm saying is no one knows if the rose hall white witch is actually real oh and why do you always do this i always say it at the end because i feel like people are gonna lose interest in the beginning why do you even say it i just tease you i guess you shouldn't even say it you should just be like and that's that i should but it is also true fact it is in a textbook somewhere it is in three books somewhere there so apparently this is a real story and that i have a whole section where i'm going to debunk yeah, no debunk the things that need to be i'm not debunked. trying to hate on this so it's just you're playing games with my heart that's all i know so the whole white witch story of everything i said um in the 1860s was the first book about the white witch that everyone had been hearing about in all these legends throughout town 
and the original person that the White Witch was was Rosa Palmer, which actually provides credibility because she was the only one that, based on Jamaican archives and Jamaican records of all their citizens, Rosa Palmer was the one who had multiple husbands. And so for them to say, like, oh, the White Witch killed all these husbands, between her and Annie, she was the only one that had multiple husbands. So they originally thought that she was... Okay, okay, so they were ascribing it to, like, facts, like actual yeah. facts. Okay, got it, got it. Then someone used Annie's character as the central figure because she was supposedly really awful to slaves right, from like, what they'd heard around right, town. Right, right. So then they were like, no, Annie might be it. Then in 1929, there was another book called The White Witch of Rose Hall where it, like, basically solidified that Annie was the one. And so now current folklore says Annie is for sure the White Witch, not Rosa. Got it, got it, got it. But, excuse me, Christ. So. God, it stay dirty. I can't. I can't. So the assistant government archivist of 1965, um, he did. That's me. Very specific. He had uh, he researched who Annie Patterson was and if she was truly the White Witch. So what a cool job. An actual Jamaican records. He found that Annie Marie Patterson or Annie Mary Patterson, sorry, was a Jamaican with Scottish ancestry. So not actually someone who then, not someone who moved to Haiti later, like. Or um, Jamaica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so she was born there, you're saying. She's native there. She was a a Jamaican with Scottish ancestry. And sorry, I spoke too soon. She was not ever raised in Haiti. Which means she would have, based on the folklore where she like moved there at 10 and then was raised by this Haitian nanny to learn voodoo. Right, right, right. Apparently, she never went to Haiti. She never had a nanny. She never learned any magic. And she was, like, in a social class that would have laughed at magic. Interesting. Also, the husband that she married, on record, is the only husband she ever had. They only lived in Rose Hall for a short period of time, and neither of them died there. Really? This is what this is what archives say, but, like, my heart says the ghost story is true. <laughs> um, they also said that Annie did not kill her husband. She did not kill anybody. John died of natural causes, and Annie sold Rose Hall before she ever died because when her husband died, she had a lot of debt and couldn't pay off the house. Okay. Um, apparently, when they did live there, the house only had one or two slaves. And Annie, apparently, by documents, uh, by different records, says that she died 15 years after she was supposedly murdered. And she left everything to her goddaughter, Geolia. Geo? Geolia. Yeah. Cool. That's um, what you're going to do someday. She- Leave everything to Geo. Got it. And it also says that she never remarried, had any kids, and the tomb outside is not hers. Really? So, so like, like it totally, everything. Based, based on actual, like, archives, that whole story right, is not right. Okay. And so then a lot of people will go back to the story of, like, oh, well, maybe it's Rosa, not sure. Annie, because she had a lot of husbands. Hus- right. And so maybe... And she did die mis- there. And she did yeah, die. Yeah, yeah. And so a lot... No one can tell who it might have been, but if you're in Jamaica, like, everyone just knows it is annie palmer okay and regardless of what archives say so that's the story right it's the story but like in jamaica everyone believes it right too. right right yeah they're like absolutely that place is the most haunted place on earth by annie um i don't know if you're gonna mention this but like do we know then if the archive says that's not her tomb then whose tomb it is nope i don't know okay um so basically it's like do you want to go off of evidence like a smart person or do you want to go off of your ghostly gut which i'm gonna do that's <laughs> like or like what everyone i mean you know everyone's collective cultural story you know culturally she exists regardless of there being no archives right right right, her, so, right right or being I mean, completely different archives, to be though. honest like you could argue that on any story we tell so sure 
I mean, maybe not the murders, but <laughs> your stories. <laughs> All my stories. Um, so anyway, onto the ghost things. Obviously, I watch Ghost Adventures. <laughs> I like you say, and then look down. <laughs> I have a little shame to it. Um, Zach Bagelbites made some weird comments. Um, Shocker of the century. So we heard about how Zach. Annie would sleep with her slaves. Okay. And he made two different suggestive comments about sleeping with Annie while he was in the house. He was like, mm. "Oh, I need to prepare for tonight," or like, "Oh, maybe, maybe she'll want to, maybe she'll want to." Oh, I'm sorry. The exact words were, "Maybe uh, if she," he said. Apparently, in the stories, she would chitty chitty bang bang <gasps> with the slaves and then kill them in the morning. And he said, "If her and I were to chitty chitty bang bang, I'm gonna be gone by morning, so I'll make it out alive." And then the the fucking tour guide was like, do you think you're good at that? And then he said, <laughs> and then he said, I think so. Of course he thinks so. Of course he thinks so. So anyway, that was the most Zach moment of the whole thing. Get me out of here right now. So Get me out of my skin. Onto my favorite little uh, section of our show, the Zach attacks. I can't, I, no words, no fucking words. So uh, he actually brought one of the employees onto the investigation with him because apparently that employee has been there for like 15 years and was like this place is fnuckin hotten <laughs> yep that's what they said fnuckin <laughs> hotten and um he's like this place is really haunted like i don't the even want to be in here that. yeah okay and so zach was like well we're gonna take you on the investigation with us then so they put the employee in the middle of the room and placed a bunch of rem pods around him so rem pods are basically like if like we're going cups Oh, yep sounds like it if we're being as simple as possible it's basically an emf reader but instead of lights it's sound so you'll put them around and then if you ask a question instead of a light going from red oh. to green it'll just make a bell sound oh so it's not like a spirit box like different sounds it's like right it'll, it signifies with one sound instead okay. of a light going up you just hear like like which is like kind of scarier it's more jarring than the lights yeah yeah okay got it um but so they put a bunch of rem pods around him and asked a bunch of questions it actually answered very intelligently and was answering very quickly too it was answering like are i think i wrote it down um oh in response to are the stories true they got a big like a a big response they got a response to do you like being here do you not like being here like they were able to have a little mini conversation with it right um they also apparently kind of caught some very 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 soft core porn with um mm, the okay. because apparently if you this mean is some true chitty chitty bang some bang. chitty chitty bang bang maybe mm-hmm. um because if this is true it appears that the white witch was attracted to the employee oh boy and for no reason he just started he was still standing there he like started like kind of like huffing and puffing and like sweating <laughs> profusely and on the uh, digital recorder they caught a woman going, oh, my goodness. They heard a woman go, oh, my goodness, in response to the employee being there. Okay. Wait, that's it? That's the porn? That's the, like I said, soft, 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 soft core porn. But okay, it's like, so, like, in the show, they were like, this is what this is, but, like... They basically said, like... Because he also, he, to be fair, he did look a little dazed. <laughs> he looked a little different. But, like... Well, was he, like... Well, I was having sex in my head. Like, I don't understand. He said that he... Was he aroused? I think he... I think he said he felt aroused. It was also 3 a.m. when I watched this. Oh, I was like, in the show? No, but he he definitely was standing there and he was like, I don't know why, like, 
it was like physiologically he was like reacting to it listen like, you know how i feel about this i know how you feel about it but I'm just, i don't think that was porn but that's just me i mean i didn't i don't think anyone was aroused watching it so that's for sure <laughs> and listen if we can walk away knowing that i'm happy i'm yes. happy yeah i mean maybe nope I'm just going to move on. Oh, my goodness. Let's drop it and move on. So Aaron uh, was in a room by himself also. And uh, he heard women screaming in his ears while he was trying to sleep. And they also caught that on the digital recorder. Oh, my. And um, they didn't really seem to get too much. Like, that was pretty much all they got on the show. But other stories um, from people that have visited have said that they see a woman in green velvet riding her horse. And they've also seen shadow figures, unexplained noises, screams, voices. They see blood stains, hear footsteps, oh. and hear music and babies crying. Ooh. The um, fact that they see her in green velvet is, like, so specific. It's mm -hmm. really creepy. And Annie is seen on the balcony a lot. Apparently, that used to be her favorite place to stand and watch slaves <sighs> get flogged. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, so one investigator says that she also at one point... The medium was standing near the balcony that she used to stand at, and one of the mediums was possessed by Annie for a short period of time during the investigation. One of the few original pieces in the house is the mirror in Annie's bedroom, and people say when they That's look... That's the thing they left there? No! And people say when they look into it, they see people running behind them. Oh, fuck. Um, oh, God. They also say that they hear screaming in their heads. Uh women there's a oh there's a they also see a woman dressed in all white on the stairs outside and inside of the great house so they think it might be her in different outfits like she's doing costume changes um she would and then you can also hear running footsteps coming towards you in various rooms that stop at the door <laughs> nope <laughs> um a, the custodian that was actually on ghost adventures was also on scariest places on earth and he hears footsteps that follow him into every room when he's cleaning and he says he never stays past six because that's when the real ghosts come out good um when he's closing the windows and doors he says he begins to feel people staring at him and there was one family that tried to move in temporarily and they brought their maid with them and their maid was standing near the balcony and they heard her from <laughs> upstairs screaming leave me alone oh my and when they found her she had fallen from the balcony <gasps> and died of a broken neck what yeah holy shit um but it sounded like there was like a fight upstairs so they assume like something pushed i her. mean if you're saying leave you're not just yelling you're saying leave me alone right That's, like addressed in another person um holy shit a psychic went there one time and she said that the bar downstairs used to be a dungeon and it actually ended up being the hole that she would throw people in <gasps> The um, bar was that fucking hole? Yeah. Oh, no. And she says she could feel and hear screams of hundreds of spirits trapped in the room. She could see them handcuffed and injured and infected <gasps> and left to die with no food or water. And then she saw a bear trap and said that lots of people's legs had been cut off with it. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Can you imagine just, like, how nightmarish that must be to, like, have that assaulting your ears when you're, like... Oh, yeah. Walk in there. Oh, God. Oh, God. The psychic also said that the white witch still guards the house to this day and won't free the slaves' souls. <gasps> no! So they still can't find the light and they're still afraid. Then help them! And in Annie's bedroom, she, like when she went into Annie's bedroom, she could smell death and couldn't breathe. She said she needed to leave and she said she couldn't take one night there if they paid her. Really? Um, one time someone did stay the night. This was back when they allowed people to stay overnight. 
and he was making tea and he put out his teacup and then he heard this like blood curdling scream from the other side of the room. So he ran over to see what it was. And when he came back, all of his like his teacup and his spoon and his sugar and everything were just gone. Oh, so something distracted him and then took it away <gasps> and hit it. Ew. One couple stayed there, um, actually like fought to stay in Annie's actual bedroom where she like slept with these What's slaves. What's wrong and, with like, you? She killed her husband and all that. What is wrong with you? Um, and they ended up running out in the middle of the night. They couldn't handle it. Well, there you go. One woman who did stay the night in 1996 found a picture that she had taken uh, later on. She was looking at the pictures and she saw that there was like a large humanoid figured white mist laying from the pillows Ew. on one end from the pillows all the way hung over to the foot of the bed uh, on the uh, other side. Uh-uh. And she hadn't actually seen that in the room at all when she took the picture. It just happened to be there later in film. Mm-hmm. Finally, Johnny Cash. All <laughs> finale always it's, includes. It's quite a roller coaster today. JC. Um, so Johnny Cash actually lived in Jamaica for six months out of the year. Yeah. And he knew all about this house. And he says that the ghost would haunt him. Wait, that's how I know about this. The Ballad of Annie Palmer. That's why. Is yes. a song by Johnny Cash. It all makes sense. And some of the lyrics are, On the island of Jamaica quite a long, long time ago, at Rose Hall Plantation, where the ocean breezes blow, lived a girl named Annie Palmer, the mistress of the place, and all, and the slaves all lived in fear to see a frown on Annie's face. Where's your husband, Annie? Where's number two and three? Are they sleeping neath the palms beside the Caribbean Sea? At night, I hear you riding and I hear your lover's call and still can feel your presence around the great house at Rose Hall. I have chills. So it's a very specific song. Yeah. Yeah, very. <laughs> very, like, on the nail. Yeah. Um, but so a lot of people say, like, why would all these people have all these experiences? Like, just because archives say that, like, it didn't sure, happen. Sure, yeah. So it's a toss-up and it's technically folklore, but, I mean, a whole you know fucking group of people believe right this. i mean it's still history yeah you know yeah wow that is spooky dude that johnny cash lyric is like ugh, creepy there I, you go that was a good one that was a really good one em thanks yeah, i really like that if thinking about salsa in a variety of delicious flavors and heat levels makes your mouth water you need to check out green mountain gringo and make sure to turn the jar around and take a look at its clean backside, a list of its all-natural ingredients. Of course, that's what I meant, of course. And all their products are preservative-free, too. With the medium salsa, you get hearty chunks of tomatoes, tomatillos, peppers, and onions in every scoop. I'm reading the ad and my mouth is watering. Uh, Anyway, the hot salsa brings flavorful heat to every meal with each bite containing jalapenos, serrano peppers, and other savory herbs. Plus, they've got a hot sauce with a tangy, spicy flavor that enhances the simplest of meals. It's perfect for avocado egg toast or tacos. I sort of feel like they're reading my mind because I put salsa on almost everything, but specifically, I use their salsa. I use usually the medium salsa and then uh, also the hot sauce on my avocado egg toast. And I don't know how the script knew that maybe everybody eats this but i always make toast with avocado and then i put scrambled eggs on top and i put salsa i can't eat it without salsa and the green mountain gringo is always there for me in the fridge because it really adds to i mean any meal if you're me but definitely the eggs avocado toast situation visit greenmountaingringo.com and start shopping use the store locator to find green mountain gringo products get inspiration for recipes and purchase products using promo code podcast 24 for 20 percent off that's promo code podcast 24 and don't forget to check out their backside <laughs>
Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. There's over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. There are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Get started today and get after your goals. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required and it's less expensive than takeout. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. You can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is a perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. I found myself recently recommending Factor to so many people in my life and this food is really good. So Blaze and I actually get to pick our own meals every week and, you know, separate them in the little drawer in the fridge and uh, make sure the other keeps their hands off. I personally love the cold brew smoothies. Those are always my go-to in the morning if I'm running around dropping Leona off, don't have time to cook myself breakfast. It's a great solution. Head to factormeals.com slash drink50 and use code drink50 to get 50% off. That's code drink50 at factormeals.com slash drink50 to get 50% off. Okay, we're back. We derailed wow. drastically. Wow, wow. We We've went been on gone a- for a good half an hour we went on an adventure and we're changed people transported one might say transported indeed to a different headspace hello we're back to our normal murder headspace back to life back to reality back to black back to the future back parts one two and three boys okay okay good that's our mantra as we always say yeah uh uh-huh Family tradition. Family tradition. So here I'm going to tell the story of the murder of Lauren Giddings. Again, for the, I don't know, almost a hundredth time, I don't know what that story is. Fun. Evie, you don't know it either, do you? Okay. So I actually had, uh, there was a lot of information online. It's a pretty recent case, but I hadn't heard it and I couldn't find it in many like shows or podcasts or anything. So, um, but it is a doozy. I'll tell you that way, that much. So this story takes place in 2011, so only seven years ago. Yikes. I always hate when they're so close. Really it's recent. like, ooh, it's like, in some way, if a story is hundreds of years old, or like, at least like early 1900s, it's like... Um, why do you think every time we go to a city and do a live show, I type in 1800s murders in blank Oh, I know that's what you did. Yes, because it is a lot easier to tell a story that is many many years old and no one living has like connections to it necessarily yeah it's like it's just it seems more distant so you can yeah it's a lot easier to talk about when you have a you're removed a little bit right exactly right but this one is definitely very recent great yes and lauren was 27 years old oh boy which is how old i am and she had just because i know i'm old i get it ha 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 i said nothing i said nothing i know but you i thought everything thought it and the esp just kicked in yeah um so she had just graduated from the mercer university law school in macon georgia Mm-hmm. and was studying for the bar exam. She had moved to Macon from Maryland in 2008 to start law school. So she was uh, originally like a Northeast gal. Got it. And then she moved to Georgia because she liked living in the South, and it suited her, apparently. So she was known as bubbly, infectious, extremely caring. Uh, she hoped to become a public defender because she cared for the less fortunate, and she wanted to help defend people who couldn't hire an attorney. They didn't have the financial means. So she was really in it, like, to make the world a better place, basically. Uh, she always wore pink pantsuits. Right. And she had a dog named... Sounds Butter- like my mom. <laughs> You're like, right, get it. I'm like, I'm, that's nothing new. She had a dog named Butterbean. Oh. And she would take her dog everywhere. So basically, her best friend said they always used to tease her for being the real-life Elwoods. Because she fucking carried, like, a right. dog. pink pantsuit, little dog. Like a Pekingese dog everywhere she went in a pink pantsuit. Like, she was... Sort I mean, of the true life that is embodiment Elwoods, of Elwoods, yeah. right. 
I mean, and, if Gio were the size of Bruiser, I would be. I, mean, I would be carrying him he's everywhere. He's not, and I do carry him everywhere. So oh, you know, you should see I me. I carry him in my heart. You should have seen me on the way to my wedding and running through LAX with a wedding gown in one hand and Geo in the other because he <laughs> refuses to walk in the airport, and I'm just fucking like booking it. It's that's strength. He's a heavy little fucker. Oh, I couldn't move my left arm for several days. That's full like maternal adrenaline. But my mom still tells me that her shoulder is like fucked up forever from carrying me because I refuse to walk. So maybe it's karma. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> um love you geo he's here with us today he does not care about anything you have to say no he doesn't give a shit um so anyway as i said it's the summer of 2011 lauren had just graduated and was studying for the georgia bar which was taking place a few weeks later um and most of her friends there were also classmates so they were all kind of in the same boat of like studying intensely Mm -hmm. for the same exam so wednesday june 29th lauren's sister caitlin uh, she had sent a photo. So Lauren had gone to her wedding recently and, um, they had taken some like goofy photos together. So Caitlin had texted her a few photos on our way back from the honeymoon. Like, look how silly we are. Look at these goofy photos. And Lauren had never responded. So on June 29th, she's like, huh, it's been a few days and she never responded. So she tried calling her, tried texting her, no response calls, went straight to voicemail. And she's like, that's weird. So um, after a while of no response, she knows something is up. So she starts calling other family. Nobody has heard from Lauren. So she messages Lauren's best friend, Ashley, who uh, says, oh, I'll just stop by her apartment and check on her. So Lauren lived in a small apartment complex across the street from the law school that had four apartments spread out on two floors. Mm -hmm. And Ashley and her boyfriend Paxton head over to check on her. They don't hear an answer when they knock on the door, but they're thinking she's probably just studying and, like, not answering the door. But Caitlin, her sister, is like, no, I need you to use the spare key. Tells them where the spare key is and, like, go into the apartment. So Ashley and Paxton let themselves in, and they're looking around. Lauren's not there, but they see her purse, her keys, her wallet, and everything else sitting out on the counter. And they're like, hmm, that's odd because none of us have heard from her in days. And yet everything she owns, her shoes, everything is like right in the in the entry hall. And so Caitlin is like, call 911. So because Caitlin's like, I know something's wrong. Right. So Ashley dials 911. Nobody, none of the classmates, none of her friends have seen her. Um, So the Macon City Police Department gets the call around midnight and a couple officers head over to do a welfare check. When they see that, like they said, all of Lauren's belongings are still out, they realize, like, this might be more sinister than just, like, she went off and is gone for a few days or something. Like, they think something might have happened. So they call, on a gut feeling, basically, call the Criminal Investigations Division, and Lauren decides to start a search party. So Lauren's the... No, sorry. Lauren Lauren does not. Lauren's best friend. Wow, I was like, go, Lauren. Lauren's like, I have shit. No, sorry. Ashley decides to start a search party for Lauren. Got it. In my head, Ashley... It's like, wow, what a... Like, like astral projection? It's hard because... Okay, it's not hard, but it's all me. But, like, Ashley, Lauren, Caitlin, like, all the names are... like, basic names. All very, just, like, in my head, very similar names. So I kind of had a hard time keeping them straight. But yeah, so Ashley decides to start a search party. So it's made up of her, her boyfriend Paxton, Lauren's ex-boyfriend Alex, and her next-door neighbor Steven. So they're all friends and classmates. Um, so they all, they're checking the law library, the campus, they're driving around town, and they search for hours, and there's no sign of her. Um, and so they just kind of have to sit back and, like, wait, because there's right. really nothing else they can do. Like, they've searched everywhere they can think of. Lauren's case goes to a violent crimes detective, and he uh, heads out to scan Lauren's apartment. 
um he videotaped they videotaped the search and it's actually interesting you can see the video footage online of them like walking through the apartment it's eerie like her keys her wallet her shoes everything's there um and that weekend the weird thing was too that like that weekend she was scheduled to move out of her apartment and into her boyfriend's place in south carolina Mm. but nothing was packed nothing was boxed up everything was still like kind of out spread out it was like really messy apartment like just everything's everywhere so they were like that's weird like it didn't look like she was prepping for a move um so he becomes convinced that lauren has met with foul play so investigators are kind of gathered outside lauren's apartment trying to figure out what to do next when a gust of wind picks up Mm. and they smell something oh no yeah they smell death investigators said they recognized the scent immediately it was human remains <sighs> yikes and they basically said after so many years on the job like you know the second i think like it. the first time you ever smell death you just never forget what death i would imagine like. right like it must i mean be. i've i've never smelled human death but i mean i've smelled animal death like i imagine they're kind of the same like sweet like rotting yeah yeah i imagine all bodies kind of just smell the same when they're dead yeah I mean, I don't know, but I imagine, yeah. And I imagine that, like, once you smell it as an investigator, you're like, I know what that is. Right. Yeah. So they smell it, and they're like, okay. So they realize the smell is coming from trash cans on the side of the apartment complex. So a crime tech digs through the trash, finds a large black bag, and in the bag they find a human torso. Wow. Everyone's favorite. Mm. I really was just expecting you to say Lauren, and you really had to, like, Christine it up. Mm-hmm. I couldn't avoid it wow Mm -mm, i don't like it i and also i was prepared to say like if you said oh they found lauren i was gonna be like how lazy like to just like take a body and then just like the nearest dumpster just put her there yeah well it becomes a thing okay well apparently there's just a torso and now i have no comment (laughs) there's only a torso right okay i was like oh they find a human torso no head no legs no arms she was so happy about that look at his happy smile okay okay he he feels uncomfortable now too many eyes. Okay, they find a human torso. Okay. No head, no legs, and no arms. The body was only wearing a pair of pink running shorts. Yuck. Yeah. So it had legs attached. No. No legs, no arms, just no like head. A, just like a... Just the shorts were on it. Yuck. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. It's really bad. So, not good. And remember, she wore pink a lot. Right. It was oh, like yeah, her I favorite color. Forget. Yeah. So they are like, holy shit. So they circle back to Lauren's apartment because obviously they're like, well, if someone dismembered a fucking body to make a torso out of it, there's got to be more of it somewhere. Well, not well, that too. But <laughs> that's my first thought. Well, but the thought was like, it's messy. It's not a, like there oh, would be. That's a smarter and that's a smart thought. <laughs> there would, yes, there's a head somewhere for I sure. I was like, if I'm seeing a torso, we got to start looking for some arms. They didn't find any arms and legs when they were looking around. So they were like, well, if somebody cut a body up, like. Makes sense. They're, that was What Gia. do you want? He's mad that I'm not looking at him. Like, that's literally what he's mad about right now. He is staring you down. Yeah, he's mad that I won't pay attention to him. And then he just looked at me like, do you believe this shit? What do you want? No, I don't have treats for you right now. Oh, my God. He's so a little bit. I love you, though. <laughs> okay. okay. Yes, you have enough pets over there. Okay. da 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 So. <laughs> You're such a little ass, Gio. <coughs> no, honey, I'm not going to do that right now. Can I move you outside a little bit? Are you going to be quiet now? Okay. Um. Okay. 
So they, okay, they circle back to Lauren's apartment because they're like, well, if somebody dismembered her body, like, there has to be evidence somewhere that they fucking sawed legs off her. You know, there right, has to be right, has blood to be or something. Right. So they get out their handy dandy luminol. I have had enough of you. <laughs> what do you want? <clears throat> he just wants your attention. He's like, fuck He's like, you, mom. High ground. Yeah, Gio, come. No, I don't have treats. I know he's looking for treats. Okay, sorry about it, everybody. Hello. Let's hope we put elevator. Yeah, let's put elevator music there. We were at Torso. Right. But also if you can get like one of his like growls in there, that'd be funny. Oh, when it, no, no, no. Those can all be in there. But then when I was oh, the being shooing him away. Shooing. Yeah, that would be a fun little elevator moment. Yeah. Since we talked about it. Okay. Right. We're back at Torso's. Okay, here we right, go. Yeah. We're you never know. really far from them. <laughs> we're always within my nightmare is one way to right. put it. Yes, 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 yes. So, okay. They find a torso clad in only pink running shorts. Of Very course. fucking upsetting. So they get out their handy dandy luminol. They start spraying. And in Lauren's bathroom, the entire tub starts glowing. Oh, no. Streaks of blood all the way up halfway the, through the tub. So basically the tub has basically been like full of blood and been like kind of washed out. Oh, shit. Yeah. So detectives obviously determined that's where the dismemberment had taken place. Right. And then they're thinking, obviously, who the fuck did this? Because this is not like she went missing. This is not like she died on a trail while jogging. And, right. You know, this is like somebody fucking sadistic. Yeah, yeah. Somebody sadistic did this. And their first thought was this is either a serial killer or someone who is being primed to be a serial killer. Right. So um, then they realized whoever dismembered her body had to have a time on their hands and b also must known must have known that they had plenty of time to get this done because it's not like a quick thing like right this person must have known like oh like lauren doesn't have anyone coming home or you Got know it. that kind of thing so then they're like well let's start with people lauren knows obviously and people who might know her schedule and when she's going to be home so meanwhile back in maryland lauren's parents and two sisters are getting ready to head to macon to search for lauren in fact one of the sisters was actually at the airport about to board a plane to macon when her mom calls and is like we don't need to go down there yikes and she's like why what happened and there and uh she's like they found a body so that's when they kind of know like there's no use searching basically anymore um, which is actually really fucked up because they found out like on the news, like they didn't know until. Oh no! Yeah, an uncle walked in, was like, "Did you see this news report?" And it turns out that reporters were like, "They found a body outside the apartment complex." And again, there are only four apartments in this complex, right. so it's kind of like, yeah, obvious. It's not like two people died at the same time, right? Or not what they were thought. Yeah, exactly. So when um, Lauren's uncle said, did you see the news? They found a body. Her sister Sarah said in that moment, everyone just broke down and was like, that's it. She's gone. Um, And Lauren's dad immediately hops in a car and starts driving from Baltimore to Macon or from like a suburb of Baltimore to Macon to go down and identify the body and talk to police. And it's an 11 hour drive. So I just can't even imagine that drive of just like hopping in the car knowing your daughter was fucking murdered and put in a trash can and he has to drive down there and meanwhile in macon detectives are interviewing lauren's friends her exes her classmates her neighbors like anyone that they can kind of get their hands on who might have known her um and they do start with lauren's next door neighbor steven who had lived next door for three years but was only acquaintances with lauren 
Um, and he was also a classmate at the law school. And he tells police he hadn't heard anything unusual, but that she loved to jog. So maybe something happened on the running trails. Right, with the, her shorts, too. Right, exactly. Um, and then next they went to Lauren's best friend, Ashley, who had started the um, search party and all that. And she says that the two of them were at a party for the law grads the night before Lauren went missing. And it was kind of like a last hurrah before studying for the bar. So they like had a last big blowout right. before they all had to kind of hit the books. And in attendance was Ashley's boyfriend, Paxton, and Paxton's roommate, Alex, who just so happened to be Lauren's ex-boyfriend. Mm. So basically, Ashley's boyfriend lived with Lauren's ex-boyfriend. Got it. So after the bar closed, Ashley and Pax, Ashley and Lauren both went back to Alex and Paxton's apartment with a couple other people to like continue the party. Um, and the last time Ashley saw Lauren, she was still up chatting with friends. And the next morning around 10 a.m., Ashley walked out and didn't see Lauren sleeping in the living room with the rest of their friends. So she thought, oh, she probably just went home early to get started on studying. But remember, she had a new boyfriend. Did I tell this already? Oh, yeah, yeah. She had a new boyfriend whose place she was planning on moving into, which is why they were, like, surprised that the apartment wasn't packed up. Right. Right. So the new boyfriend, um, they asked about him. And it turns out this guy was a 48-year-old man. (laughs) What? Age is scary. I don't know. Because he's older. Yeah. Yeah, he was a lot older. Yeah. Which, like, I I don't judge. I just, I think I was expecting something different. And so I was ready to, like, react. And then you said 48. (laughs) And I was like, wah! He was a serial killer. (laughs) He was a 48-year-old. So, yes, he was older by, like, 19 years. Um, He was uh, older. He was a guy from Charleston named John Capleton. Okay. Um, he was a successful lawyer, and I think she had interned at his uh, law firm, Got and it. that's how they had met, like, a few years prior. Got it. They were pretty serious, but Lauren's friends said they had a tumultuous relationship. They argued pretty regularly, um, especially lately, and Ashley thought John didn't really want Lauren to move in with him, and that's kind of why they were arguing all the time. Um, and then when they asked about Lauren's ex, Alex, whose apartment they had hung out and partied at the night before right. she went missing... Uh, Ashley said, oh, yeah, Alex and John definitely knew about each other um, and definitely didn't like each other. Uh-oh. So not a good start. Talk about a dramatic, what did we ta- call it earlier? Dramatic love triangle. Did we call it a dramatic love triangle? I was talking about, not this one, but the um, story you told. Mm, what did we call that? the most dramatic love story of all time was involved there somewhere. Oh, I think I called it Fredericksburg, Virginia. <laughs> yes, you did. It seemed it seemed that way. It was like the, the guy loved the granddaughter yeah. and the... It was it was that she was sleeping with her slave, but in love with a guy who was in love with the slave's granddaughter. Yes, so it's basically a trapezoid. Yeah, it is kind of. I'm thinking rhombus. Wait, no, <laughs> rhombus is a five pointer, isn't it? No, a rhombus is like when it's like slanted, isn't it? That's is that a parallelogram? I mean, it's definitely a parallelogram. Listen, I am just impressed that we knew three different types of things that aren't triangles, and that's why we ate geometry, and that's why we got d's in geometry or why i got a d in geometry <laughs> and that's why we fail math and that's why i was not a math major uh yes a rhombus what's a rhombus eva i don't look it up eva what's a rhombus? i feel like a rhombus is the one that has like it's pointed and it's like short on the top long on the bottom and then like connected maybe why in my head is it slanted but you're right that is a parallelogram isn't a parallelogram its own thing What's a rhombus? Everyone's screaming in our ears right now. There's a there's someone out there who's literally taking geometry right now and is like, how do you not fucking remember shapes? And that person <laughs> just fucking punched a bus window and hurt their knuckles so hard. <laughs> They're so mad. 
So it's amazing we've made it this far. Sounds like a rhombus is a parallelogram with oh. opposite equal acute angles. Oh, so it is the slanty. Oh. What slanty the fuck boy. am I thinking of then? Yes, the slanty boy. Oh, you're right then. What the fuck am I thinking no, of? But it is a, par- but it's a parallelogram too. Oh, okay. Oh, but the five point. Well, I don't what's know the, what the what's five the point five point one I'm thinking. That of. is a it's pentagram. <laughs> you're thinking of the devil, silly. A pentagon? Oh. No, a pentagram. <laughs> Oh, pentagon. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Pentagram is five points of a star. Right. Pentagon is the shape. Is the shape. <laughs> what is wrong with other one, too? I think I'm thinking of half a hexagram. Look at half a hexagram. Hexagram is six. Yeah. Half of a hexagram is three, right? Because it's half of six. Yeah, I think. Can you it's just tra- check? Can it's, you just check? Um, it's a triagram. I think we should just <laughs> shut this down and move on. We all know. I mean, to be honest, I actually, the only A I ever got in math was geometry, and I did not get an A in any other math class. I'm not kidding when I tell you I got a D in geometry. My, sis, my sister currently has a D in geometry, so you're not alone. Eva's yeah, <laughs> like, why are you making me? Because I also barely passed geometry. Yes. Okay. <laughs> geometry is hard. Can you look at half a hexagram? I'm losing my mind. Half, half a hexagram, yes. Uh, what the fuck are you talking about? Five point shape, it did also bring a pentagram. Thank you. Half a hexagram? What are you talking about? I don't know. Just I don't trust know. me. I got an I A. I know you're right. One of my only A's was in geometry. Let me have this one moment of saying I know what a rhombus is. What? The first thing that came up when I typed in half a hexagram <laughs> is an Amazon book called half hexagram quilt templates <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking about quilting silly goose silly goose you're thinking about quilt class okay, like quilt class here i'm you... using our edible arrangement sticks to prove a point silly oh, a hexagram i think is also kind of like a thank you a pentagram but a hexagon. oh a hexagon oh. half a hexagon oh for god's sakes um it's this thing this thing is what i'm talking about but without the, the long parts here but that's just I almost called you babe as like, let me just soften the blow by One, calling two, you three, babe. One, two, three, four, oh, five, yeah. six, seven, yes. eight. Yes, the yellow guy. What? The little yellow guy. What about it? That's the thing I was thinking about this whole time. Okay. That's all. I just wanted you to know just what I was Just a shape. Talking. Okay. I mean, I knew. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. Someone's gonna send us a chart on the shapes. (laughs) There's a rhombus. Okay. I literally babysit a two year old sometimes who I'm sure actually knows the answer and I just fucking can't figure it out and I have a master's degree. Oh my god. I'm sorry. Oh my god. Congratulations on your A, by the way. But I mean to be honest, it was like the one thing I ever did good at that like did good at. The one thing I ever did well that wasn't like English. Drinking wine. Oh and wine. Right, yeah. The one thing where I was like, Wow, mom. I know shapes. And she was like, that's not impressive. But I feel like... I think after basic arithmetic, I just stopped trying. I think geometry just worked better than in my brain than like uh, algebra and all that. Like that beyond me, beyond trigonometry. uh Uh-uh. But geometry, I was like squares. Cool. I'm going to make myself sound like a real idiot. And I already know it. (laughs) Too late. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In my math class, I got a cold and I was sick. And I missed the day that we learned long division... And then I was so embarrassed. I've never learned that for like the rest of the year. I just like pretended that like I figured it out, but I can never figure How it did out. You pass like tests and shit. Oh, I didn't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but then like eventually I went to like 
my teacher like two years later like i kept thinking like by that point we just had fucking calculators i just never so you built it up into such a thing that you were like i can't and then two years later i went to my math teacher and i was like I don't know how to do long division. And she laughed in my face and told me to leave. And I was like, oh, this isn't a joke. You know, you're going to get so many DMs like, I'll teach you long division. Well, I actually went on a date with a math teacher one time and she taught me long division. And I was like, that's it. I've been waiting years yeah, for I that. Yeah, I feel like it's like a little riddle that like is not. Also, I did not like sell myself on that first date by being like, I don't know long division. <laughs> hey, I know. It, it was in your... one date only, by the way. It said guys. in your Tinder bio, you were a math teacher. I'm not actually attracted to you, but I really need to learn long division. I was like, I'll buy you dinner if you just teach me this one thing so my mom doesn't find out i never learned long division you're here for one reason and one reason only i literally never saw that woman again after this after this she taught me that shocker um no but truly like i think now if you put it in front of my face i don't know how to do like it's that thing of like i'll have kids someday maybe and i'll be like ask your dad and then right ask the one with the yale medical degree i don't know if we'll ever know i don't know well also it's that thing where like our teachers always said you're never going to always have a calculator on you and now we do like (laughs) they were just so wrong that's such a good point they're like you have to learn this stuff because you'll never always have a calculator on you because i remember fuck you apple just totally proved you wrong good point taking the sats they didn't even make us like get rid of our phones they just made up made us quiet them because back then like you weren't using your phone to like do every problem like you couldn't google like what is this vocabulary this sat word yeah and nowadays they have to like fucking get rid of the phones just in case exactly wow yeah i'm just gonna tell my kid to google it it's a little moral story actually i'll probably just be like it's a rhombus ask (laughs) em and then they'll get a d M thinks it's a a pentagram i think (laughs) what a wild tangent that was happy friend anniversary hey guys do you miss when we did that and everyone would scream (laughs) at us always that we don't talk about scary stuff enough look we we stopped that for a long time we did we're in a mood today on our friend anniversary we're gonna treat ourselves we're fucking reverting back to old so we're not even gonna edit this out like we usually would hell no all right we want you to learn alongside us tell me more about this really sad story really took a lot of knowledge away from everyone Sorry about that. Uh, people probably start listening. Rhombuses are shapes, apparently. Slanty rectangles. Half a hexagon. <laughs> <laughs> Except Pen- not. It's a pentagram, maybe. Okay, cool. Let's talk about this. The only one I care about, by the way, just so everyone's clear, is a pentagram because these days I only think about the devil. What about Star of David, the hexagram? I think about Jew being Jewish. No, I know. I, you care about that one too, I'm saying. Oh, right? I care about it. Yeah. But when, <laughs> but if you ever say like pentagram, I don't think of a shape. I just think of like worshiping no, the devil. No, pentagram is the star. Mm-hmm. I meant. I know what you mean. I mean the other thing that you said. I hear it. Not a pentagram. What was the other thing? Pentagon. Pentagon. That's what I meant. Pentagon, like the thing in DC. But Yes. The but thing in DC. That We're thing. so cultured. That stupid thing. But then my dumbass said pentagram. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, cool. Anyway, Got moving great. on. Moving on. Great. We, I'm sweating. Oh, I've been sweating since the second. The dawn of time, I know. <laughs> since the second this podcast started, but also the dawn of time. Let's talk about this murder. Thank you. Cool. So, blah, blah, blah. So we're talking about John, who lives in Charleston, and he is a lawyer, and he's 48. Ew, right. That's where we were. Right. So uh, Lauren's friend said, and not ew, not ew, people date older and younger people. It's not I know. I said thing. I didn't judge that. I was reminding oh. myself, like, oh, and then I gasped at 48, and okay. that's where we were in okay. the story. I just want to clarify. Okay, cool. Um, so basically they were like, Ashley was like, I don't think John wanted Lauren to move in with him. So it was like, dun, dun, dun. And then Alex, her ex-boyfriend and John, her current boyfriend did not get along. I hear you. And it was the most dramatic love heck love there it is the love rhombus oh my god now i get it. the love rhombus it's the most dramatic love rhombus of all time cool (laughs) so basically these two all of a sudden are moved up to like the top of the suspect list because police are like shit 
They didn't like each other. Love rhombuses are never fucking good. Love rhombuses are never They're always bad. So back at Lauren's apartment, uh, one of the investigators still searching for clues. He's walking down the right side of the complex when he notices a door and the owner of the complex opens it up and it's like a maintenance room. And he notices a hacksaw on the wall and he's like i thought you were gonna say a fucking hmm. hexagon I was like, he notices a <laughs> pentagram <laughs> also maybe that was there too i mean maybe all right a hacksaw got it he notices a hacksaw which stands out because lauren's body had been dismembered with something that they thought was a saw right got it so the tech takes it out he looks at it and he's like oh there's literal red liquid on it there's literal blood on this hacksaw oh my god so someone did not clean up after not themselves. a good job of cleaning so they asked the owner, who has access to this room? And she's like, only myself and one other person. And they're like, who's the other person? Tell me. She's like, the apartment manager, Peter Wilsh. So they're like, holy shit, this is another huge suspect. Mm-hmm. So they add like a third suspect to the big list. So they go talk to Peter and they're like, okay, well, there was no forced entry into Lauren's apartment the night she was killed. So this is a great lead because the apartment manager has a master key mm-hmm. to every apartment in the complex. So they are like also Peter super eager to help, which is kind of like, okay, mm-hmm. like a uh, little red bit, flag, a little bit of red flag. Right. Um, and he's also a second year law student who gets a break on rent as a maintenance man. Um, and he says the last time he was in her apartment was because there were some maintenance issues with her AC unit. And so they asked him about the bloody hacksaw and he says he has no idea about that hacksaw. And I've actually not even that I've never used it, but I've also never seen it and I didn't buy it. Mm. So they're like, interesting. So then they're like, well, this guy's fucking on top of our list. And then he provides an alibi with several people involved and it fucking checks out. So this guy, they are like super hesitant about it, but they have to take him off the list because they're like, as much as he has every possible access to her apartment. Right. And this hacksaw, like he provided an alibi that they just, it's like airtight. Right. Basically. So that night after an 11 hour drive, Lauren's father, Bill arrives in Macon and he's been driving for 11 hours. He's anxious to ID his daughter and talk to police about what happened. And at this point, he doesn't know about the body's condition because they never mm. talked about it on the news. They just said like a body was found at the apartment complex and police didn't like want to tell him like your daughter's been dismembered and we don't have any part of her, you know, except right. the torso. Um, and so, but he kept insisting, like, I need to see her. And they're like, we can't let you do that. And he's like, why, why? You know, he's like, I deserve to know why. And so finally they had to break the news. And this, uh, I watched like a Dateline episode on this. It was like very heartbreaking. The chief of police is like, empties the room. He clears the room and he's like, I'm going to speak with Bill. And he says, rather than, uh, speak to him as police chief, he's going to speak to him father to father because he has kids too. And he's like, this was... He said he told um, Lauren's dad, Bill, about how they found her body and the condition they found it in. Um, And he says all that happened was his face went blank. Uh, He said this was the hardest family notification he had ever had to do in his career. Uh, And he said after that, it was just kind of like he just went blank and then was like, okay, and headed back to Maryland. And it was just the most like heartbreaking yeah i mean how do you react you just yeah. i mean how what do you take news like that he said he thinks he was just in shock like how yeah do you you'd process? have to be yeah. yeah um and he's like being like the father of several kids like it was just the worst thing to and be also like. like the weight of like knowing you're going home and have to like report that back and, yeah jeez like, <gasps> yeah and drive like fucking 11 hours back to maryland like oh, i can't i truly can't you would imagine um and so they 
so before he left, Bill left a piece of his own DNA so that they could compare it to the body they found that he wasn't able to ID. And they did compare and determine that for sure it was Lauren's body. Um, so anyway, they're still like hardcore interviewing suspects. And next up is Lauren's ex-boyfriend, Alex. Mm -hmm. So Alex confirms that they all went to the same party together. And Lauren and Ashley did come over with a couple other people to his apartment after the bar closed. Remember how I said Ashley like woke up the next morning and Lauren wasn't in the living room with all mm -hmm. the friends. Turns out that's because she was sleeping in her ex-boyfriend Alex's bedroom mm. that night in the apartment. So he's like, yeah, she spent the night in my bed that night. And they were like, interesting. Right, right, right. So he confirms that. Um, and then they ask him, you know, they press him for like more detail. And he says, we fooled around a bit, but we didn't sleep together because she was dating John. And I knew that. And she knew that. And like, so we, they didn't have sex, but they fooled around a little bit. And he was like, that was as far as it went. And he did admit that Lauren was the one who dumped him. And he also said he still had feelings for her. So they were like, shit, this is like right. a gold mine of motive, you know? Right. Um, but he said he insisted he's not holding a grudge. And they were like, mm-hmm, okay, we'll see about that. Next up was John. So that was her ex-boyfriend that she had spent the night with. And then next up was John Capleton, who was the current boyfriend, the 48-year-old. Ew. Ew. <laughs> From M's right. standpoint. Uh, the 48-year-old, right. So he insisted. Um, so he came. Okay. Sorry. Sorry for not talking so much. I just realized I'm just like way captivated into the story. No, no, it's I, sorry. I know you usually rely on me for like side commentary, and I realize I've just been silent. I mean, I feel so like I'm, there's a lot, and I feel like I'm just throwing it in your face. So I'm just like taking it all. Listen, you taught me all about rhombuses, so I feel like I've done enough hexagons. So I feel like I, I taught you all about how I don't know anything like, for the <laughs> thousandth time in our friendship. No, I really no. do just kind of walk around clueless, and I hope whatever I say sticks. So, <laughs> oh well. It sticks, believe me. It sticks in ways I don't want it to. It sticks in one way or another. It doesn't matter which right, way. Right, right, right. No, um, yeah, so John Capleton is the next one that they interview. And basically, um, when he shows up at the police station and they tell him, like, that Lauren has been murdered, he's genuinely distraught and, like, what the actual fuck. Um, they ask him about the arguments that Lauren's friends had apparently witnessed between him and Lauren. He gets a little defensive and they start prying him for information. And finally, they ask where he was the night of Lauren's murder. And he says, I was golfing in California. Okay. As you do. As you do. As I do. As M does all the fuck. If There's listen, nothing I do more than golf. In California, specifically. Right. Like, I mean, I'm here, so it makes sense. If there was one, one thing M does, mm -hmm. it's golf in California. A thousand percent. So they're like, okay, he's golfing in California. They ask for receipts, um, and he's like, oh, I didn't bring any with me. And then he's like, but don't worry, I'll email them as soon as I get home. And they're like, uh-huh, so doctor some shit on your computer. Got it. Right. They're like, okay, well, then send them as soon as you get home. And he's like, okay, I will, to, like, fucking prove your innocence in a murder trial. Right. He's like, great, we'll do that. So then, as he's, so investigators release him, and as he's walking out the freaking door, he goes, wait, I remembered something. And they're like, what? He goes, the night she was killed, the night she went missing, Lauren sent me an email around 10.40 p.m. And the email said she was worried because she felt like she was being watched. Mm. And they're like, How did you what? just forget that? What? So then they're like, holy shit. So they obviously ask for the email and he like gives them the email. And it is an email from that night around 10.40. And I'm going to read you an excerpt. Okay. She wrote him an email that says, quote, I can't wait to get out of this town. Macon hoodlums tried to break into my apartment Thursday night. It was terrifying. I haven't been able to really sleep since. 
And so that was the uh, email that he got mm-hmm. the night she went missing. Got it. So like that adds a whole new element of like maybe she knew something was going on or maybe it wasn't someone who knew her. Like maybe right. it was just strangers. So at this point, obviously, they're not any closer to figuring out who killed her. And they're like adding suspects left and right. And like who knows what the fuck is going on. And because this maintenance man, Peter, was clear because he had an alibi, they put the pressure on Lauren's ex-boyfriend, Alex. Um, And then Alex had an alibi that was like, it wasn't airtight, but it was like people vouched for him. So they were like, okay, like he's not a priority suspect right now. And so in the meantime, they're still fucking waiting for John's receipts from his California golf trip. Um, He had promised to e- email them, but two fucking weeks later, they still had oh. two weeks. Oh my I'm God. I'm like, they were very patient. Two <laughs> weeks, two weeks later, no fucking email. And so they contact John and they're like, yo, you said you would send this. Hello. Fresh. <laughs> and John is like, oh, he's <laughs> like, in my opinion, the age old excuse of, oh, the email must not have gone through. I definitely sent them. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So he apparently checks the computer and realizes the file was too big and it wasn't going through. So at this point, the police are on edge thinking like, holy shit, he's full of bullshit. Like, this is right. He's got to be our guy. He's like not sending us the easy thing that would prove him innocent. But finally, the receipts go through and everything checks out. And he was fucking in California on a golf trip. So they're like this lead that seems so fucking good. Suddenly a dead end. And he's completely ruled out as a suspect. Could they have been doctored? No, there there was like credit card receipts and okay. shit. Like there was, yeah, it was like very a number of things Got that it. placed him exactly all over this <clears throat> area that he was golfing. Yeah, so it was like just they were really like devastated and like we were so we thought we had something. Gotcha. Um, so police at this point feel like they're at square one and they decide to start basically from scratch. In that, they start canvassing Lauren's apartment complex to ask basic questions of her neighbors, like, how long have you known Lauren? Like, did you see her the days before she went missing? Just, like, very basic canvassing to start basically from the beginning. Right. And uh, one of the people they question is Lauren's neighbor, Stephen, that law school classmate who helped search for her the night she was reported missing, who said earlier on, like, oh, she liked to jog. Maybe something happened to her on the trails. Mm -hmm. So they start interviewing him, and they show up at his door. And um, he lets police into the apartment and they start searching. He gives them permission uh, while one of the officers questions him. And the officer asks him if he's seen any or if he's seeing anyone like in a relationship. And he says no. They ask if he's sexually active with anyone. And he says he's saving himself for marriage. Okay. So, okay. Is that for religious reasons? And he's like, no, I just want to be pure on my wedding day. And they're like, okay. And this is like, you know, whatever. It makes sense. It's fine. Right. Um, until they're going through his bedroom and in his drawers, they find condoms? a number of condoms. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they're like, interesting. <clears throat> if you're saving yourself, you're not in a relationship and you're saving yourself for marriage. Right. Why do you need these? And he fucking admits something they were not expecting, which is that he got them out of other people's apartments. In that he went into other people's apartments when they were not home in the apartment complex and stole them. Okay. And they're like, first of all, why would you break into people's apartments and steal things? But second of all, why condoms if you don't need them? Like, if you're going to steal something, wouldn't you steal something you need? I don't know if it was more of a power move of, like... Got it. I am taking them away from other people who need them. I don't... That that was my gut, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Sure. Overall. But, yeah, I think my gut was, like, oh, he's, like... 
I want to be pure and I'm going to take them from other people who need them or use them. I'm not positive though. So he's like, oh, I took them from other people's apartments in the apartment complex when they weren't home. And they were like, okay, that's very illegal guy. Right. Um, and they're like, well, how did you get in? And he's like, I have a master key to the apartment complex. (laughs) Oh my God. And they're like, they're like, you're here. You know, we're here for a murder investigation, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then. Literally, speaking of that, at this point, he's like, shit, I've said too much. So he's like, I refuse to say anything else. And they're like, okay, but you already said a lot. So we're going to arrest you for burglary Mm -hmm. because now we can hold you for a very legitimate crime and question you for it and search your apartment. Right. So they take him in for burglary. And while they're while he's being held, they do a deeper dive into the apartment Um, in his dresser. They in a back bedroom, they find a pair of panties and guess whose they are. Lawrence. They're fucking Lauren's underwear. Oh no! Yes, sick bastard. Then, <laughs> underneath uh, his vanity in the bathroom, they find the cardboard packaging of a brand new hacksaw. Mm. And it is the exact same hacksaw that was found uh, with Lauren's blood on it. By the way, they did DNA testing, and the blood was Lauren's blood in the maintenance closet. They also found two keys: one key to the maintenance closet, which was a master key that went to every apartment. Mm-hmm. And then they found a freaking key that had been cut exactly to Lauren's front door. So, like, <gasps> specifically her fucking oh, no. front door. So they start talking to Stephen's friends, and they discover that Stephen had an unusual interest. He was apparently completely preoccupied with how to get away with the perfect murder, and it turns out he frequently talked with not even friends, but acquaintances, about how chopping and disposing of pieces of a body in a bathtub would be the perfect way to get away, a perfect way to get away with a crime. Oh, that's convenient. So convenient. Um, yeah, one guy was like, I was a classmate of his, and like he was like telling me how if he could, he would put a body in a bathtub and dismember it. <laughs> and they were like... Weird. And he's like, I felt really weird after that. And it's like, yeah. Wow. It wasn't even a friend of his. Not that that makes it any more normal, sure, but sure, sure, sure. Right. So August 2nd, 2011, Stephen McDaniel is charged with first degree murder and surprise, surprise, he claims he's innocent, but Lauren's family is like super relieved that somebody has finally been charged. But at the same time, they're also horrified because her classmates know Stephen and uh, he was like part of this small search party in the beginning and was side by side with them when she went missing and was saying, mm-hmm. like, we'll find her. And, like, this is devastating. And they're, now they're like, holy shit, he might have fucking hacked up her body. Right. And been next to us the whole time. And what's more, this is where it gets internet creepy. Ugh. He had recently been featured on the local news being interviewed by a reporter. And in this clip, which, by the way, is like a famous one online... Uh, he describes how kind and caring of a person Lauren is. He wonders how anyone could have hurt her. He's Ew. like near tears. He describes a search for Lauren and says, we've been searching for her for days and hopes they find her alive and well. It's like super sick because you watch it now and you're like, what a fucker. Like yeah. he's putting on this act, being on TV. Right. Uh, again, remember this guy just fucking graduated from law school. So like. When he's, like, saying, oh, I stole these condoms from a neighbor. Oops, I've said too much. And, like, yeah, sure, you can search my apartment. Like, he's just being a fucking dumbass. Yeah. Like, he just graduated from law school. He should know better. Um, he's just a self-important prick. Or maybe I would, maybe he thought if he, like, decided he was guilty, if he, like, admitted he was guilty towards burglary, they'd be, like, I don't know, there would be, like, less of a charge or something. I mean, maybe that's probably what he thought, but it's, like, that's not how the law works. I know, Like, if you say, I'm a burglar, like, then they're, like, great, now we have every right to fucking search 
and question you. I guess he was like, I'd rather go to jail as a burglar than a murderer and just hope that they would stop looking. I don't know. Yeah, but like if you're going to go to jail as a burglar, then like you open yourself up to questioning for every other thing. Like if you were like, I have no idea come back with a warrant you know then maybe it makes things tough yeah it just doesn't as someone who just spent several years studying law like it (laughs) doesn't fucking make sense right it just really doesn't so fucking stupid so now so then at this point they've arrested him uh charged him with murder and when they go back through all these news clips they realize like there is a huge fucking red flag in this news clip because in this famous clip that you can still find online, Stephen's being interviewed when one of the reporters mentions the body that they found by Lauren's apartment. So the reporter's still talking, and Stephen just, like, his whole face just fucking goes pale and drops. And he has this, like, big, like, curly hair. Like, he's, like, frantic when he's talking about, like, oh, her body. We don't know where she is. Like, she could be. We don't know what happened to her. And they're like, oh, the body that they found. And, like, you realize that he had not known about this. And his face fucking drops. And you just hear him go body and then like the woman's like talking 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 and he just goes completely ashen oh my god just like stares at the ground and they're like so are you okay are you all right um he won't respond his demeanor completely changes and then all of a sudden he goes i need to sit down and like walks away from the cameras sits on the curb with his head in his hands and is like rocking and they're like holy shit and at the time it was like oh god his friend has just been he just found out they found the body of his friend yeah but then afterwards they're like holy shit like he just found they got busted. Yeah. they He realized they found his fucking evidence that he thought he, like, hid. And the crazy thing is that, you know why he thought he was so shocked that they found the body? Why? And you were like, oh, you know, how stupid that you would put the body right in a trash can right by the apartment. Right. So trash day was the morning after Lauren's murder. Got it. But because cop cars had arrived on the scene a little early because of that gut instinct of the guy being like, bring in the crime techs. Yeah. So these cops showed up that weren't necessarily supposed to be there or like weren't expected and they parked in front of the trash can so the dump truck the trash truck like couldn't get in past the house and was was like i can't reach these trash cans so just pass by so if as expected these uh the dump truck would have picked up the trash cans like there's a chance they never would have figured out what happened because the only reason was that gust of wind that like brought the human remains smell right you know um so he was like completely shocked because he thought like oh the dump truck for sure took away the trash so at this point they're like well steven's definitely our guy but everything they had including like the hacksaw and everything was just circumstantial so they were like he's gonna worm his way out of it um and steven and his defense team like had this swagger about them and they're like clearly weren't worried about it and so the defense attorney was like shit like we need to make sure we pin this guy because otherwise like he might walk out of it so the Georgia Bureau of Investigation had already searched Stephen's computer, but since they had first searched it, they had acquired newer software. And so it, they called it like an 11th hour last ditch effort. Mm-hmm. The DA asked them to run one more test with the new software just to be sure and to look for anything on his computer related to sex and violence. And lo and behold, when they used this new software, they hit pay dirt, which is the phrase I learned. Mm-hmm. They hit a gold mine. And they found all sorts of crazy shit on his fucking computer. He had a fascination with sadistic pornography, murder, torture, etc. But obviously, again, that's like circumstantial. There's nothing there that I don't know if it's circumstantial. But it's right. Like it it doesn't relate him to her murder by any means. Um, And that's when they stumbled upon something else. Which was? 
On Stephen's digital camera, they found a video of Lauren's apartment from outside a window at night. Um, and she lived on the second story. So the window was like up high on the second story. And basically, uh, Stephen had taped his digital camera to a long stick and had filmed through her blinds from the ground. He had walked through past her apartment with a digital camera and was taping inside her windows with the camera uh, to see if she's home. And that video is online also, by the way. Ugh. Very creepy. Like, it's just like through the blinds. You can see like the camera moving around looking for what was going on to see if she was home. Um, and again, that was the same night she wrote that email of like, I feel like I'm being watched and I feel like mm-hmm. someone's right, maybe right, right. breaking into my apartment, which is just so unsettling and scary and like heart wrenching. Right. Um, in April of 2014, which was almost three years since Lauren's murder, Stephen McDaniel finally admitted to murder. He says he stalked her, broke into her apartment in the middle of the night in gloves and a mask, entered her bedroom where he attacked her and she fought back. She managed to pull off his mask and see who he was, Mm. but he overpowered her and strangled her to death. Then he cut the mask and gloves up into small pieces, flushed them down the toilet, dismembered her body, placing the torso in the trash bins and the remainder in the law school dumpster. (gasps) And the rest of her body has never been found, despite them turning over an entire dump site, like an entire trash. Like they had volunteers flip entire trash sites and like they've never found any other remains. Jeez. And Stephen was sentenced to life in prison. He'll be eligible for parole in 2041. And Lauren's mother, this is kind of a quote from her that I read in an article. Pain keeps setting in more and more. I realize what people say about never being able to get over profound loss. You just sort of incorporate it into your every diminished, every into your very diminished life. Of course, I think Lauren's in heaven, but to think of her on this white fluffy cloud, it wouldn't be good enough for her. I talked to a priest friend of mine, and he said, she's not floating around. She's at a heavenly banquet. There's a feast, and there's lots of wine. I try to visualize that because that is the Lauren I want to remember. And it's just, like, so... Yeah. It's just awful. It's really awful. Um, And there is an update on this from August of this year. So it turns out Stephen McDaniel decided he didn't get a fair trial. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Surprise. Um, He decided he's going to use his own law degree which worked so well in the okay. past to represent himself in an appeal. Oops. Fucking douche canoe. Great. In February, he appealed saying he questioned the competence of his attorneys who were apparently the best in the County. Oh, okay. By the way. Sure. So ugh, good luck. Um, he served as his own attorney, but things did not quite go the way he hoped. So this was like two months ago. He subpoenaed his own attorneys as witnesses, but rather than support his case that they didn't do a good job, they instead revealed grisly new details of Lauren's murder and dismemberment that he had told them, like, in secret during the trial. Mm. They were like, yeah, this is what happened. He's like, that's not what I wanted you to talk about. And they're oh, like, God. well, you subpoenaed us and asked us to say what we right, knew. Right, right, right. So some of these details included how McDaniel told his lawyers he carved off all of Lauren's fingers and then flushed them down the toilet. Oh, my and God. That's how he got rid of a lot of the evidence. And so there is, he's like, shit, this is not what I was planning for my appeal. And the appeal is not yet over, but things obviously are not looking good for him. And it's more likely that Stephen McDaniel will spend the rest of his life in prison for the death of Lauren Giddings. Right. I, I mean, we it all hope so. Yes, and it doesn't seem like he's doing a great job of De- defending himself, defending himself, and proving otherwise. So that is the story of the murder of Lauren Giddings. Wow, very horrible. Yeah, to put it lightly, very very horrible. Um, I do have a horror scope. Okay, 
Good. I was wondering where we would get lighthearted again. <laughs> lighthearted. It is. Lighthearted is uh, yeah, one way to put it, I guess. Um, so Stephen McDaniel was born September 9th, so he is a Virgo. Got it. Um, and I'm going to read you the Virgo horoscope. I don't know many Virgos, so this is kind of new to my me. My dad's a Virgo. Really? I don't know if I know anyone who's a Virgo, like off the top of my head. Anyway, okay. <clears throat> Here we go. Dear Virgo, you're looking for something fresh to do or to inspire you. As the day advances, a desire for freedom from confining situations can take hold, particularly if you've recently been feeling too caged in. Yikes. The need for refreshment and improvement becomes clear, and it can relate to stirrings first experienced in September. But it's important not to go to extremes with today's somewhat volatile energies. It's best not to make commitments if you are not 100% behind them, and it's wise to attempt to discern between reactions and real feelings. A juicy morsel of gossip seems almost too good to keep to yourself, but you're well aware that it could create some earthquake-sized tremors if it were released to the general population. Oh my. If you're ready for a huge fallout, then go ahead. Spill it. But if you keep it to yourself, you won't regret it. Oh. Yeesh. Well, good luck, Virgos. Good luck, Virgos. That's rough. You know what the best part about horoscopes is? Is by the time it comes out, sometimes that doesn't actually mean that, like, that horoscope is still, like... It's oh, like yeah. a horoscope a week prior. It's many weeks not relevant anymore, but right. that's okay. If only there was a way to look at horoscopes from like the week that like... That it happened. That it happened. But then also that's kind of like dark as well. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like this is a better way to be like, hey, Virgos, here's your shot. <laughs> hey, Virgos, we're mentioning you this week. Oh my God. It's so fucked up. Anyway, so that's the story of Learn Gettings. And I remember first seeing it on Dateline and being like, that is a upsetting story. Oh, yeah. And this fucking guy being like, oh, I could get away with the perfect murder it's like buddy Ugh. go fuck yourself and it's like you would think he would have learned his lesson once he like oh i'm so great i'm so great and then he was proven he's not that great and he still thinks he's fucking great and in then jail. He's like, it's my lawyer's fault fire them i'll do it awful apparently he brought just a huge stack of like textbooks and like a cart of like textbooks and law documents and then when they were actually like, questioning him he took like five minutes to read through stuff and they're like you can't just like take five minutes to like go to the glossary and try to figure out what to say next right like, you have to be like in the yeah apparently yeah he's a fucker douche canoe wow well well thank you for listening to the horrible things that i just said yes and that's and that's for sure why all of us drink correct cheers to you all um thank you for listening to us and also uh just a reminder again that um our Facebook Live for the month of November is November 18th. Yes. I feel like I need to start bringing it up more it's often. It's probably good that you remember because I never remember. And that's Patreon. That's for Patreon. Yeah. Yep. And if you wanted to find our Patreon, you can at patreon.com slash podcast. You can also find our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at podcast. Yeah. You can also find us at our website, and that's why we drink.com. And you can find our tour dates at and that's why we drink.com slash live. Um, you can also send us some goodies if you want to, if you want us to open uh some fan mail from you on our fan mail video that on, we do once a month yep it's posted on patreon so so if you're a five dollar member um on patreon or higher or five dollars or custom i don't or know higher, how to say yeah you can watch us open fan mail once a month um we put that video out on patreon as well and you can send your goodies to us at 1920 hillhurst ave number 265 los angeles california 90027 yay that's right anything else uh, I think that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Um, yeah, we are posting new shows pretty much like every other week now. So follow our Instagram and Twitter and we'll post them there. And 
That's why we drink. Woo! In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.